please join me in the call to worship that's printed in your bulletin. Let us worship God, our light, and our salvation. We desire to live in God's house and to seek God in his holy temple. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. confident that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us join together in the prayer of confession and then take a few moments to silently confess the wrong we have done. Please join me in the prayer of confession. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Please join me in prayer. Eternal God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Hear the word of God. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength 
and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you shall live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, giving, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. May God bless to our understanding this reading from God's word.
Our next scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, 34 to 45. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you are members of my family, and you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you are the accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kind of tough passage. And they kind of go together, the Good Samaritan as well as the, the Gospel of Matthew. You had in the Good Samaritan somebody who who helped a stranger, who made sure that though he was beaten and everything else and other people had walked around him, that this man took him to a place where he would be cared for. He made sure that no matter what it cost, this person would get better. In the Gospel of Matthew, we, we hear the story of what it really means to be a follower. It means that we're taking care of each other. You, talk, you hear Jesus talking about that when somebody else is hungry, or somebody else needs a blanket, or a sleeping bag, or a tent, or somebody else needs a room to sleep in just so that they can be refreshed for the next morning, when somebody needs to be visited because they've been sick or they're a shut-in. It's our call. We're, we're called by God to make sure that we take care of those, those that can't really take care of themselves at that point in time in their lives. I know every shut-in. I know that Pauline would do anything in the world to be here today, but she can no longer drive. And her daughter, Jane, is taking good care of her, but Jane is busy, which means she can't get her here all the time. But I know that this is where she would want to be because this is her family. We take care of her. But I also know what we will do. We will make sure that we go and we visit her, and we will send her cards so she does not forget us and we don't forget her because she is part of this family. We're going to be putting together 300 meals for Meals on Wheels for those that need it most, the most vulnerable out there, those who cannot go out and get their own food, those who don't drive, those who may have disabilities. They need our help. And this church is so good at making sure that the lesser of these is taken care of. But if you looked at the title of my sermon, it said, have I done this? Do we on a daily basis walk that path? Do I on a daily basis walk that path? 
If I see somebody hungry, do I make sure that they've been fed? If I see somebody cold, do I have a blanket to give to them? Will I do whatever I need to do to make sure that that individual is okay? Do we make sure, as individuals, do we make sure that we take care of those that need it most? And what if we're the ones that need it most? Do we allow people to take care of us? Or are we too proud for that? It's like, no, 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 no. Take your time to deal with somebody else. I'm okay. When we know that we need help too. How many times have we thought that somebody needed help and they really didn't? And we don't want to offend people. We don't want to offend people thinking, oh, I think you need help, so here, take this. The Good Samaritan is one that is one of my favorite passages. I have several favorite passages, and that is one of them because, you know, that person that helped that stranger technically shouldn't have. They were enemies almost. But you know what? The person was human, and they said they saw somebody down, somebody hurt. And he put all that other stuff aside and said, you know what? You're a human being too, and I need to help you. One of the things is, is we always ask, who is our, who is the stranger? Who is my neighbor? And you know what? Our neighbor doesn't have titles. Our neighbor is that stranger who, you know what, may have different beliefs than ourselves, may have a different religion than ourselves, may be a different color than we are. It doesn't matter what the individual looks like. It doesn't matter what the individual believes because that person is still a human being and still deserves to be treated as a human being. We can't sit there and always say, well, you know what? I don't believe what you think, so I'm just going to walk on the other side like the priests did. Ah, can't touch you. Got to go to the other side of the road. This congregation is awesome in taking care of others. As I said, we do the Meals on Wheels. We get the food for the pantries. We, we do the, the soup kitchen where we people actually go there and serve food and all that every Monday night. They still go. They've been doing that for years and years and years, and faithfully, every Monday night they go. This time of year, they need they need blankets because some of them are outside you've always heard me say there are people that live up in the bluffs i know that there are people that are living up on the mountain back there living outside they need our help people need our help and you know what they're not asking for that brand new blanket they're not asking for that brand new towel they're asking for something that's probably been sitting in your closet or in your garage for the last 15 years that you haven't even looked at you know what I'm talking about, Bob. <laughs> he just cleaned out his garage. They're asking for things, necessities. They're not asking for brand new things. And you know what? They're not even asking. What's nice is at the soup kitchen, it's just available. If they need it, they go and they take it with much appreciation in their hearts. If there's a beat-up pair of shoes that still has some life in those soles, they use them so they don't have cold feet anymore. If we give them socks, they put them on so they don't have cold feet anymore. If we give them jackets, especially this time of year, it's starting to get colder. It's so that they can keep warm because they have to be outside. 
because they have no place else. That's all they know. I'm sure they would love to live in a three-bedroom house with two and a half baths and a roof and, and uh, air conditioning in the summer and heat in the winter. I'm sure that's exactly what they would love to live in. But instead, they may be living in a tent or living under a bridge in a makeshift cardboard box home. That is our stranger. We are the Good Samaritan. How can we help those who may not be able to help themselves at this point in their lives? That's not saying that they will never be able to help themselves. That's not saying they didn't help themselves before. This means that people get onto hard times every now and then. They lose a job and they can't get another one. They can't find another one. Or a mental illness comes into effect to where they can't get hired for a job. And the benefits out there just aren't there. What else can we do that doesn't really cost us any money other than maybe a little bit of time? It's going through our closets. It's going through our garages. It's going through our basements and seeing what we don't use anymore and sharing it with somebody who would use it on a daily basis. Again, it doesn't have to be new. It just has to come with love. If you've worn a jacket for the last 10 years and you love that jacket so much, share that jacket with somebody else that can feel that love that you had for that jacket. Let the people know that we care. Let them know that they are not the stranger and that they are our neighbor. Be open to what our neighbors look like. And it's not our conception of what a neighbor is. It's what God's description of a neighbor is. One of the first things it said in the Good Samaritan is, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and all of your might. That's what it means and what you need to do to inherit the kingdom. And then it went on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the stranger. Love your neighbor. Yes, neighbors can be annoying. We all have that neighbor in our neighborhoods that we just don't want to deal with. I'm not talking about that neighbor. Because if, we're, if push came to shove and that person had a fire, you would probably help that person out somehow. You would still help. Why? Because we're good Christians and we help those that need it most. Well, now it is our time to help the stranger that we don't know, that we may never be introduced to. We have to trust those that are in contact with those individuals that we are doing the right thing. We need to trust the people on Meals on Wheels. We need to trust the people that go to the soup kitchen every Monday night that they know what is best for the people that they are serving. We need to trust ourselves to know that we know that there are individuals out there that need our help and we need to find any way possible to help those individuals. And we also have to realize that if we ever come into that where we need that help, that we need to take that help graciously 
that other people want to help us as well. That's the hardest thing to do is to accept that help. JR is such a proud individual and he will not ask for help. He won't do it. He can't walk. His back is killing him. He's trying to hold up a 100-pound dog, but he will not ask for help. But his sister, Jess, jumps in just like that and says, JR, go sit down and helps with the dog. Or say, JR, stay in the chair. I'll get you what you need to eat because he can't walk. Because it hurts that much, but he is so proud. There are other people out there that can't afford to put heat into their, or oil into their tanks, and the winter is coming up. How do we help those individuals? The parable of the Good Samaritan, the other one, the Matthew passage, where it talks about as if we have done this to a stranger, then we have done this to God. We have done this to Jesus. We have taken care of God's family. And if we don't do it, then we have denied. We have denied the call that we have all been given. My prayer is that we never, ever have to ask the question to ourselves, have I done this? Because we know in our hearts that we do it on a daily basis because it has become a discipline on how to help the stranger, how to be there for the neighbor, how to be there for each other, and how to let others be there for us. My prayer is that we never have that question. Gracious loving God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time to reflect on who our neighbor is, who the stranger is, and what it means to be a good Christian. We ask that you always be with us and always give us the strength to do the right thing and not always walk to the other side. We ask that you be with those that are about to come upon winter that may not have a roof over their heads or a warm place to put their head. We ask that you give them comfort and give them the ability to ask for more about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we ask this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.